0: I want to say welcome to all those watching online or listening by podcast. I have some people in Switzerland that have listening, been listening to our podcast. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we started Facebook uh, Live, streaming it live. Two weeks ago, we had more people watch online than we did that were in the service. That's pretty awesome. So welcome to all you guys that are on Facebook Live. We're glad you're tuning in. Uh, more watching this week and also on on podcast, but uh, we 're glad you 're here in person in the theater uh, it 's always the best and uh, we''re, we're, we're starting a new series today called Just Walk Across the Room." Um, I read a book by this pastor up in uh, the Chicago area, and uh, he he wrote this book just it 's a simple uh, idea of how to share your faith very simply, and we, we complicate things a lot of times, And we 're going to be talking about that. His name is Bill Hybels and just wrote this incredible book, kind of doing a spin off of it uh, we 're going to give you some tools for the next four weeks as a church how we can be the people that represent god if you're new to church or you haven't been for a long time or haven't this is your first time ever um, hang in there this first part of the service i'm going to be talking to to christians people who call themselves christians and christ followers but there will be a point where i will speak to you if you're not a christian you're not a christ follower and, and here's part of the thing. If, if you're not a Christian and you're here just to see what church is about, there's some principles that I will be teaching that if you apply them, I promise it'll make a difference in your life, uh, even if you don't follow Christ, this, it'll still help you. Um, but we're going to talk specifically to Christians for this for this first part of the service, and in the middle, I'm going to switch gears and kind of talk directly to you if you're not a Christian and what this means and, and, and how you fit into this. So just hang in with us. But it's great that you're here because uh, this is a great week, if you're not a Christ follower, to get an inside peek and behind the scenes of what our, the heartbeat of our church is. And really, you want to know the truth, the heartbeat of God, uh, what, what he cares for and, and what His what he wants to see accomplished on the earth. And so we're going to be talking about that and giving some tools. And so just hanging in with us. So here's here's the thing. Throughout our life, throughout the course of your life and my life, we're going to give our lives to something. You are going to give your life to something. Um, what are you going to give your life to? What is the one great something that you're going to be living for? Because we all will. Some, they'll give their, their life in everything we do, there's there's something we choose, whether to pleasure. Some people just pursue pleasure their whole life. They, they want to, before they die, they want to do as, as many enjoyable things as possible, to live it to the fullest, and that's their ultimate goal, just pleasure for me, to make things so I can feel good. Others' possessions, they want to accumulate and, and build and, and accomplish as much as they can and, and gain as much as they can. That's just their goal in life. That's what they give themselves to. For others it's popularity. They just want to be known. They want to, they want to make a, tons of friendships and just be known by a lot of people. That's their goal in life. That's what they give themselves to. Everything drives that. There's others, maybe in this room even, y- your whole goal is power. You just want to be able to control. You want to be able to be in charge. And you're, you, you just, that's, your, that's your goal in life is just to have power. Because here's the thing. Everybody chooses something to give them lo- their life to. And, and some of those those pursuits aren't all bad. It's not bad to to have things, to have nice things. It's not bad to know a lot of people. Um, those aren't bad things but when they become the primary focus they can be and and this this especially today we're going to talk about what is the one thing that god would be calling us to that would make a difference not just here on earth but for eternity and it's the heartbeat of our church honestly this is why we started the grove in the first place is because here's why we exist as a church we exist to reach people with the life-giving message of jesus christ that is why we exist so they can experience and live the best life possible that jesus talked about we want to reach people with a message that gives life, and we want them to experience that life that, got, that Jesus lived for us. That's why we exist as a church. And can I tell you, we're doing a really good job at this as a church. So if you're part of the Grove, thank you for being a part of it. Thank you for investing time and, and resources and energy and uh, just your encouragement. We're, we're, we're making a difference. Here's, here's where the series is kind of where, where it comes from. Uh, after Jesus died on the cross... Uh, he, he showed up to disciples, he met with them, and he began to instruct them and teach them about the next steps. Like, all right, so I made a way back to God, now I want you to sh- tell other people about this. And this is one of the commands he gave them in Mark 16. Mark 16, 15 and 16, he said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. His disciples, right, they've been following him for, for, for three years. He says, now go and tell everybody about the good news that I've done. That We call this the gospel. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Like, go tell people God showed up and he has a better way for their life. He gives us, on another occasion, in the book of Matthew, he says, he says it like this. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you. So these two different commands, he's, he, he, before he leaves and goes back to heaven, he's saying, I want you to go into all the world. I want you to, and here's the thing, he's telling a group of people, I think sometimes we take it on ourselves, like we have to be the one that changes everything. He's talking to a group of people who says, if you would work together and accomplish something, you can accomplish something much larger and much greater if you work together as a team. So go and, and show all these people what, what, what they're practicing. Throughout the New Testament, when, when God establishes the church, we see five purposes that the church functioned in and that we're called to as a church. All right, here's the five. The five purposes of a church are this, to worship. That's where we put God first. What we, we, part of our service we start off with worship why is it first because we're saying god we want to acknowledge you first We want to start our week off by acknowledging for that That's part of why we exist to point people point Ourselves to god and saying we, we want to serve you and worship you The another part of, of the purpose of church is fellowship Like we, we need connections in life. That'll help us to go in a good direction We need fellowship. We need relationships with others. that are going to help us on this journey That's part of why the church exists is so we can have relationships with other people it's important to have those relationships. That's why we do small groups. It's coming pretty soon. We'll be doing small groups. Make sure you get involved in one. You need, you need fellowship relationships. And then ministry. Ministry is just is, is meeting a need and serving a need and helping somebody on this journey. So we have, we have uh, you know, people that are serving the G-Kids right now. They're, they're working with your kids and uh, with the nursery. They do an incredible job. Uh, we have people come early and set up all of the stuff that you see, that service take place. That's ministry. Ministry, we have people outside of our, outside of our church that look for opportunities to serve people, to help people. It's, it's ministry. We're, we're called to serve. People that follow Christ are servants, and they follow him. And then the fourth one is discipleship. Discipleship is this idea that we are becoming like Jesus Like we want to reflect him. We want to talk like him and think like him so we can reflect him to this world. It's becoming more like, like more Christ-like. And then the last one is evangelism. Evangelism just means taking the good news, the gospel to people. Um, And this is the focus of our series. And here's, here's, and the focus of our church, honestly. And here's why. Because out of the five things that we're called to do as a church, as as churches are called to do, uh, there is only one thing that we cannot do in heaven. All right, we can worship. The Bible talks about that. Angels will be worshiping. People will be worshiping in heaven. They'll be so amazed how awesome God is. That's going to be part of our expression of saying, wow, this is pretty awesome. Worship's going to just flow. There's going to be fellowship. There's going to be interaction. There's going to be relationships. All right, Ministry will take place. God gave Adam and Eve before um, sin entered. He gave them a job to do. God's going to give us jobs to do. We're going to serve. There's going to be opportunities to do that stuff. Um, discipleship. We will be able to talk to the very one that we're trying to become like, right, to Jesus, learn and, and, and reflect him. Evangelism is the only thing that we cannot do after this earth. Because this is the time where God is saying, all right, here's where you make your choice. Here, here's, here's where you decide what you're going to do with your life. And so as a church, we've said, why don't we focus? Those other ones are important. They're not, it's not that they're not important. We have those things that we do. But we're saying, what if we made that fifth thing the priority and said, what if we went after people that were far from God? What if we went after people that, didn't, that, that are lost and hopeless and on the brink of, of disaster, on the brink of ending it all? And what if we said, let's create a church that would welcome those kind of people that, that are hurting, that need help? What if we would create a church where so we can reach people? And that's why we started The Grove. It, so sharing the good news is, is the only thing we can do on earth that we won't be able to do in heaven. The rest, we can fulfill all that later on. But here's the time that we get to be able to win people. When Jesus was here, he was very crystal clear about his mission on earth. So he came 30 years, he he prepared for ministry, and then three years he he did ministry. He loved people, he fed people, he healed people, um, he had conversations with people, he he interacted with people. And he said this is why he came. This was his mission, right? In Luke 19.10, he said this about himself. For the Son of Man, that's Jesus, that's just a a, a name they give to to Jesus, the Son of Man, he came to seek and save those who were lost. Like, that is his mission. His mission on earth was to seek and save those who were lost. At another point, he says, you know, I've come for the sick. The healthy people, they don't need a doctor. They don't, they don't need help. If they're healthy, they don't need my help. I've come for those that need help. I've come for the sick. And he was very crystal clear about saying this, and, and on his time on earth, of what he was trying to accomplish. In fact, when he first called the disciples to, to begin to follow him, he said this. He said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. I find it very interesting that the first thing Jesus invited his disciples to do was fish for men. I don't know about you, but that's just kind of weird in itself. Fish for men, what does that mean? Well, his disciples were fishing for fish. That was part of their job when he's calling them. So he's taking what their, their job and saying, I want to move it beyond just this physical thing in front of you to something that's greater. I want to move it from, from your, your goal of just you know, living and surviving and eating, and I want to move it to something that's larger. And he took them away from their focus of just fish and said, let's, let's focus on people. And this is God's way of saying, you want to know my priority? People are my priority. All that other stuff, it's going to eventually go away. It's going to vanish. It's going to change. But people, that's what really, really matters. And so for us as a church, man, people matter to us. We want to reach those who are hurting. It's amazing to hear the stories of people that have come to our church, that have started the journey of following Christ. You know, some of the, the decisions they, they chose not to do. So grateful for some of that includes suicide others others in their marriages struggling their marriages and begin to find reconciliation It's it's amazing when people begin to turn towards god So when it comes to this series next four weeks, we're going to be talking about just walk across the room Sharing your faith is a lot easier than you think So evangelism maybe a better way to say is just sharing your faith Uh, We complicate things but it's a lot easier than you think it's a lot easier than sometimes I think And it doesn't have to be complicated. It's as simple as just walking across the room Um, I'm I'm pretty soon. I'll be celebrating 20 years of graduating from Capital High School. And yeah, you could—is that for Capital or for 20 years? What what is this? What are we clapping for? (laughs) I gotta know. (laughs) I graduated. All right. Thank you. That—that's awesome. (laughs) I graduated from Capital High. Uh, We have Jared Jones, Santa Fe High, right? Woo woo. He—he doesn't like Capital, but I still love him. Go, go, go demons. They're going to rock football, right? you can do good? Cool. So I graduated. In high school, I, I made a very conscious choice to represent Christ to everybody around me. It wasn't easy, but I made this choice. Um, and, and part of it was, so Jesus says you should love people the same way you want to be loved. You want to do to others the same, the same thing you want them to do to you. And so one of the things that was taught to me at a young age by, by leaders and parents is, they said, look for those opportunities just to, to, to watch for those that are alone. Look at those people on the fringes, those that are left out, the outcasts, the, the loners. And throughout high school, I always looked for opportunities to just befriend people. Uh, it, was, it was simply just walking across the lunchroom or walking across the, the courtyard and finding that person that was alone, just introducing myself and hanging out with them. Um, some of these principles we'll be teaching next few weeks. I was doing this. I didn't know these were like biblical principles. I was just trying to care for people. Uh, what's been cool is now almost 20 years later, some of the people that I went to school with are now coming to church have made that decision to begin to follow Christ. And I, I'm, I'm going to say it's not an accident that it happened. I've met people that said there was something different about you in high school. I don't know what, you know, I didn't know at the time, but now I begin to see what it was. You were different. I'm beginning to, begin to plant seeds, I guess, is the way you can think of it. And now we're seeing the fruit of that. And the truth is it just, it's as simple as just walking across the room and beginning a friendship and a relationship. And the next four weeks, that's what we're going to teach you how to do. How can you do this? How can we simplify just being an example and a light to our world? It's not as complicated as we think. Uh, a while back, I, I saw a classmate, we were swimming, and uh, I was with my kids. He was with his kid, and uh, I, I recognized him, and, and I just walked across the pool and said, Hey, how's it going? And we began to talk and, about life and, and just interact. And at one point, he says, What are you doing? And I says, Well, I just, we started a church, and the are talking about the grove." He's like, That sounds cool. I, I would go to a church in a movie theater. Um, and then he came, and he brought his family, and he's here today. So it's it, one of my classmates. It's cool, yeah. So we celebrate that. And honestly, it was just a walk across the pool. It's not that complicated, and I just began this conversation. Um, and at some point, I think you know, I, I want, I won friendship, or relationship a long time ago. But it, it was, it was in our, in our interactions. So today, here's what I want you to want you to know is when it comes to just walking across the room, sharing your faith, being an example. If you, if you follow following Christ, He calls us to this. All right, the greatest, this is the greatest gift you can give somebody. The greatest gift that you can give on this earth to somebody is an introduction to the very God who created them, to the one who loves them, and the one who has a purpose for their lives. That is the greatest gift you can give anybody on this earth, is an introduction to the God who created them, the God that loves them, and the God that says, I have a special purpose for them in this life. Because when that person encounters the God who made them, and begins to understand, oh, there's a a purpose for my life, and that God loves me no matter what, and they begin to walk in that purpose – they find fulfillment. They find joy. Their families are changed. The future generations are changed. Their work workplaces changed. Everything changes when somebody lets the gospel impact their life and Jesus' message. I promise. In my my life, I, I talk about my my family a lot. When my parents became Christians and they began to follow, our our world went from darkness into light. It went from death to life. It went from something that sucked to something that was full of life, right? And you know when you're in those spots where life is just, everything just sucks from you and it's just there's draining and there's addictions and there's problems and then all of a sudden something changes, it's like a new start. My family lives in that and I grew up in that environment. I I know the power of the message of Christ because it changes everything when we embrace it and we live it out. And this is why as a church we're so passionate about it. And this is why every single week, we give an opportunity to say, hey, can I introduce you to the very God who loves you, the God who created you, the God that has a purpose for your life, and a purpose for your marriage, and a purpose for your kids, and a purpose for your business, and a purpose for, for everywhere you find yourself. Like he wants to have a relationship with you, and he wants you to make a difference in this world. And like, like myself, I, I know that you have this desire. This in, it's, it's deeper than anyone else can, uh, can explain. We have a desire to be a part of something that's larger than ourselves. It's just there. It's the way God created us. And when we tap into that, we begin to find fulfillment in life. So when it comes to sharing our faith, I'm going to give you an example. Sometimes we complicate and we think, all right, so this is going to be really hard. How am I going to tell them about all the things about the Bible and what Jesus said? Well, if we look the, on a spectrum, all right, uh, there's going to be two sides. One side, we're going to have a relied on self. And the other side is going to be a vibrant walk with Christ. And right in the middle is the point where somebody accepts the message of Christ. They accept Christ in their life. Um, over here on, on the left-hand side, we're going to have just they were people that rely just on themselves. This would be like a negative 10 when it comes to wanting anything to do with God. All right? I've met some people that are beyond negative 10. Um, I've met people that are maybe negative 2 on the spectrum. You know, we have people in our church that are, even today, we we'll people on this somewhere on this spectrum. Just imagine this. Our job is not to take somebody from negative 10 to 1 or to, to, to positive 10. Sometimes our job is just to move somebody from negative 10 to negative 9 or negative 9 to negative 8. Because when I have conversations with people, you know, we begin to talk and meet people and they say, what do you do? I'm a pastor. And sometimes that's like a great open door for great conversation. And sometimes it's like, man, I'm, I'm the jerk. And I'm the worst person in the world, you know, and it doesn't go very good. But if we talk long enough and I begin to ask them, like, "Why well, I don't go to church. I don't believe in church. I don't believe in God. And, and they begin to tell me the God they don't believe in. A lot of times I'm like, I don't believe in that God either. And I wouldn't believe in that God. That God is horrible. Like, man, run from that God because that is a bad God. Because the truth is a lot of people have the misperception of who God really is because they've had a, 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 some kind of authority figure in their life has maybe hurt them or abused them or, or took advantage. Um, and, and, and they put a perception because God said it, that he made man in his image. Like we were supposed to represent God all the time. And when somebody does something negative and lives in a, in a, in a selfish way, it impacts people's ability to see God the way he is. And we assume God is like our father that maybe it wasn't a good example. In some cases, they are good examples, but sometimes they weren't, or or some authority figure that wasn't a good example. And we begin to put all that stuff on God and say, see, God's not good. And when we begin to actually talk about this God that we don't believe in, we begin to realize, well, I wouldn't believe in that God either, and I wouldn't go to that church either. And, And sometimes they're on the negative. So when I have conversations, maybe that negative 10 all of a sudden says, oh, wow, you don't believe in that God either? Like, well, what God do you believe in? And then the door opens up a little bit. After that conversation, my hope is that they move from a negative 10 to maybe a negative 9 or negative 8. And then I'll pray and I say, God, would you let somebody else come into their life that's going to help them move to the negative 6? And every single week, we have people that have been moving on this spectrum. And we give an invitation at the end of service. Are you ready to now accept Christ as your Savior? Are you ready to now follow? And every single week for the last 100 weeks, somebody said, I'm ready to make that decision. Because we're in a position that says, all right, we're moving them. Sometimes it takes people seven or eight times to come to church before they understand the message of the gospel. I've heard on average it'll take someone on average seven times to hear a, a clue, a, a clear communication of the gospel before they'll accept it. Like they hear what Jesus did on the cross and why he did it. Like the first few times, like, oh, all right, it's kind of weird. I, I don't know, I understand it. And at some point it's like light bulbs come on like, oh, that makes so much sense. I get it. I understand that and we just pray god would you let us let this be the seventh time for some of us for some people in this room that they would they would get it and they would say i'm now ready to put my faith in christ but if we don't do our job of saying how can i move somebody on this spectrum today in this encounter this interaction i don't have to tell them everything about the bible i just have to say hi my name's eric how you doing and the next time they say oh i remember you you're very friendly the last time i talked to you and you build a relationship and and it's it's a long view of saying man this might take 20 years but one day I'm going to see somebody, somebody's going to say, man, I've seen, I've been watching you for a while, Eric, and there's something different about you. What is it? Because this is what I know about everybody, you and me. We all want something that works. We we want things that work in life, like a marriage that works, parenting that works, life that works. And when we see people that are doing something and their life is just working, we're like, what are they doing that is working so well? And the door opens up a lot of times. The message of Christ, it works. Anywhere you take it, It works. Because he's saying if you love others, if you care for others, if you will put your agenda to the side and follow me, I will lead you in this. So when you have encounters, man, just think, How am, am I moving somebody in the positive day? And please don't move them in the negative, all right? Like if you don't represent Christ well and you're not living that way, then don't even tell people that like, you're following Christ because you're going to move them to the negative and you're going to push them away from God. Don't do that. If we're going to make an impact in Santa Fe for the kingdom of God, we have to allow the kingdom of God to impact our lives first. If we're going to impact the world, if we're going to impact Santa Fe, if we're going to impact those around us, we first have to let the kingdom of God impact us. That means we're open. Because the worst thing we could do is call ourselves Christ followers and live contrary to Jesus' teachings. That's the worst thing we could do as Christians. Because I'll even hear a lot of people like, you know, I don't really have a problem with Jesus. In fact, most people don't have an issue with Jesus. But they have issues with those who claim to follow him and represent him poorly. That's what they have the issue with. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm so sorry that they represented Christ poorly. Because that is not really what Christ's message is all about. That's a political agenda. That is their own personal agenda. That's some, some preference they have. That is not what Jesus came. And if they begin to read and, and, and follow what, what Jesus is saying, they'd, they'd open up to Jesus. And so maybe it's a negative um, perception they got at church, maybe a negative experience. It could even be a church pastor, a leader, a pastor, a priest. Can I just say, I'm sorry if a leader in the church ever hurts you and they represented Christ poorly. That was not Christ. And, and here's the thing. Don't give up just because one person represents Christ poorly. Don't give up on Christ. You know, I would think it would be safe to tell the Brazilians, you know, we have all this stuff going in the news. There's been Americans who represented us poorly. You know, it wouldn't be fair to say to Brazil, that's all of us. That's how all of us act and think. No, we would say don't give up on America. That's just one person that didn't represent us well, made a mistake. And don't give up. Same thing for Christianity. Don't don't give up just because somebody did something wrong and, and misrepresented, because that might had that didn't have anything to do with the message of Jesus, but somebody else's personal thing. And then let us not represent him poorly. Let let the gospel impact you. Let let the gospel so radically change your life that people will say there's something different about you. Um, in high school, from the high school, my, my freshman years, when I really said, God, I want to follow you. I want I want to be an example. I want to I want to I want to, I'm going to de- devote my life to this. And throughout Santa Fe, we, we live in a city that's very spiritual, hyper spiritual, I would say. Everything, they're looking everywhere and um, they believe everything. So sometimes it's hard to really believe anything because if you're open to everything, you're really not open to anything. But I'll be walking through the town and sometimes people will be like, "Whoa, you have to make this aura around you. It's so awesome. It's like red and purple and yellow. I'm not joking. I get this a lot. And what reminded me of this is, is recently one of the ladies in our church a, a year and a half ago, she committed her life to Christ, and she's been following God, and God is doing some great things in her life. And recently people have been saying, like, there's something different about you. Like, there's this, this power, this energy that comes from you. Um, and I didn't realize at, when I was young that what they were really saying is there's something different about you. I don't know what it is, and I recognize that in you. you know, in the Old Testament, Moses spent time with God, and he was in God's presence for so long, and it was impacted that when he came down, his face was glowing. And the people of Israel freaked out and said, hey, can you cover that? Because it's kind of freaking us out. Your face is like on fire, you know? Like, whoa. But that's what God is calling us to. He wants us to be so radically impacted by the gospel that people see our lives and say, there's something different about you. I don't know what it is. I'm going to watch for a while. And a lot of times they do. They just want to watch. They want to just tune in, just see what's going on. And then after a while, they're going to be like, man, I wish my life was like, worked like that. I wish my marriage worked like that. I wish whatever because they'll begin to recognize something that works because when we do it God's way, it always works. And the greatest gift you can do is give that to them. And, and the truth is, the reason people recognize that is because there is something different in me. It's the Spirit of God. In fact, this is, I'm going to say, the secret sauce when it comes to sharing your faith. Uh, in Galatians, I'm going to tell you what it is, right? Galatians five, twenty five. We follow Christ, we follow God, who is who is a spirit being, all right? So there's there's this part of more that is spirit. can't see it. Uh, But but his spirit is available to us to help us all the time. And in in Paul's time, the church in Galatia, that he says, since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. When it comes to sharing your faith, this is all you have to ever do is say, God, what do you want me to do in this moment? And be open to his leading. Because there are going to be moments God's going to nudge you and tap on you and say, all right, you're with your friends. This is all nice. You're, You're having a good conversation at Starbucks or wherever you're at, at school. And, and you're gonna get this, this, this kind of this sense of wait. You need to leave the the comfort of your safety of your safety bubble and your comfort and your what you know, and venture out across the room because there's this person all by themselves, and just go introduce yourself. For our Fourth of July celebration, we we had downtown at, at Rail Yard. Um Every year we have people that they're not a part of our churchers in the park. They come and eat with us. Well, there was a couple in our church that went and, and met some people around the park that were just hanging out there and offered them some food and, and reached out. Um, and one of those guys has come the last couple of weeks to our church because he said, and this is what he told me last week. I saw, I saw something different in you guys, and I said, I want that for my life. Like you guys are having fun, and it didn't take all this other stuff that I, that I choose to do. It just You guys are just, you were just – there was something there. And he said, it was so great to watch from afar. And then people embraced me, invited me in and gave me food. Somebody just walked across the park and said, hey, my name is, how are you doing? And it started a relationship and a conversation. And that gentleman came last week and he's here today. Because somebody walked across. Yeah. And here's the thing. It's not an accident. That is God saying, I want you to be part of the family. I want you to be part of the kingdom. I have something that better for you in your, li- in your life. And because somebody walked across the park and said, hey, my name is, you care for some, for some food? And start a relationship, it opened the door. And my prayer is that um, that young man's going to experience all that God has for his life and begins to live in a way that's going to make an impact. Because one conversation can change not just that person, but change that person's family, that person's future, and even a lot of times a community and a city and a region and a nation. All it takes is one person saying, I'm going to just walk across and do something with my life today. So Galatians, Paul says, just do this. Just do this. Keep in step with the spirit. So be sensitive. Be aware. So God, what, what do you want me to do? And I promise if you're following God, you're going to get these, these urges and these nudges to say, just, just say hello. Just build a relationship. And then look think long term. Remember the spectrum? And we don't have to move them all across right now. There will be those moments where God will say, no, you need, to, you need to actually say like, hey, this is what you should do with your life. This is what God did for you. But sometimes the moments are just, you yeah, can I tell you what God's done in my life? And you share your story. We're going to hear about that in the next couple of weeks as uh, we continue on the series. But just do this, do this one thing. The greatest thing you do is share the gospel. Uh, and the greatest way you can do this is by letting the gospel just change your life. Uh, when others see the difference, they'll, they'll ask you. Um, I've, desired, I've decided this is the greatest way to spend my life is to help others, to connect to God, a living God who cares for them. I've decided that's just the best. And if I'm wrong and I've chosen have chose wrong, here, here's what I lose. I lose very little, and I help a lot of people. But if I'm right, and I believe I am, I mean, the guy that tells you everything is going to happen, and then it happens, and then he comes back to life. He's like, I told you it was going to happen that way. I'm with that guy who doesn't just say, hey, the future is this way. And then, you know, he, he told them this is what's going to happen step by step. And then it f- unfolds like, you know, he predicted everything, told everything. And then he comes back and says, see, I told you guys, this is why. I'm with that guy, all right? All those other, you know, you should think this way, believe this way. Yeah, this is a good way to live. Those aren't necessarily all bad ideas. There's some good ideas in there, but they're not going to help you for eternity. Maybe he's just for a short time on earth. Or Jesus is saying, this is something bigger. I'm with that guy. And if I am right, I believe, then I gain everything, and I help a whole bunch of people on the way. So either way, man, I'm living life beyond myself, and I'm, I'm willing to say, how can I help others as much as I can on this earth? And so that can impact them for eternity. All God is asking is, would you just walk across the room? So this week, that's my challenge. Just look for opportunities to walk across the room and start a conversation and a relationship. And the next few weeks, we'll give you some more tools on how to, how to continue this. But just, just, be, just do that. It's very simple. And here's the reason God wants us to walk across the room. Because he first walked across the room. I would say he actually walked across the universe. Yeah, he he left the comfort of heaven and everything that was good to come to a place that was broken and in need. And he left his safety and security and his comfort to say, I've come to seek and save the lost. He would tell stories about when people come to Christ that, that the heavens celebrate because that's why he came. So every single week, the heavens celebrate with our church as somebody makes that decision. In In Romans, it says it like this. That that God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. We didn't do anything to earn this. We were sinners. And he walked across the universe and said, I want to show you a better way. In fact, I'm going to give you a better way. I'm going to demonstrate for you a better way. And even though he was God, he said it wasn't something to be grasped. You know, we all, a lot of people are, are grasping for power. Jesus said, that's not something I'm trying to grasp here on earth. In fact, I'm going to lay that down to serve others and help others, even to the point of my own life. And then he says, would you follow me and do the same thing? Love others, care for others. Because he showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, he died. That God loved us so much that he walked across the room. It's the longest walk ever. From heaven to earth. 2,000 years ago. And begin to live like us and walk like us. So on this spectrum, i show you that spectrum. Negative 10, positive 10. And our hope as a church that we move people all the way down to a vibrant walk with Christ, that, that, they, that they encounter the love he has for them, begin to live it out. Well, every single one of us is somewhere on this spectrum today. Um, if you're here, you're new to church, maybe this is your first time, or you haven't, you've left and you haven't come back, I, I want to talk to you now. Maybe you've had a bad experience and you might find yourself on the negative part of the spectrum. And hopefully today as you hear our heart as a church, it's not something, we don't want something from you, but something for you. Hopefully you'll begin to take these steps towards. Maybe you'll, maybe even one step would be like, you know, what, I'll be willing to read some of Jesus' teachings. They're awesome. You should read them. He was a great teacher who had the most influence in the history of the world. Don't take my word for that. Go research and begin to find out. How, how did a small uh, community in, in a small, one of the smallest countries in the world have such a great impact on their whole world? Because there's substance to what he's saying. It works all the time. Even when it tries to get stomped out, it grows bigger and fast, faster and better and stronger because it works. Healthy things grow, and Christianity is a healthy thing that's always about others and loving others and caring for others. So maybe it's be open yourself up to say, all right, maybe I'll come back next week to hear this. Maybe Maybe I'll go listen to one of your podcasts from last Easter you might take a step towards towards the positive. That's all I'd ask. Just just be open because the very message i'm telling you will will change your life completely it'll help you so much if you let it impact your life so a lot of times i think what happens is we get this this negative um um this this wrong picture of what it means to to be a christian what between heaven and hell and all these things like i think sometimes what we think is all right so my life is kind of like we have this scale all right and there's You know, we do bad things, and sometimes the scale starts tipping to the bad. But then we do these good things. We give money to the poor. We help people, and our scale starts tipping. And, you know, I guess, and a lot of people think this. If I will just get enough things on this side of the scale, the good, I guess this should be the good, right? Because that's the positive. If I put enough things on the positive side, and it begins to tip down, like there's more good than bad. Like, then I'm a good person, and everything's going to be okay with me and God. Like, I'm good enough to go to heaven, right? And they think if we stack and stack and stack even religious people will think this if i go to church read my bible all this stuff like i'm 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 accumulating all this good and i'm doing less bad and you know sometimes do bad but then it's more good And at the end of my life if i could just end like this in the positive with good stuff then god's gonna be okay with me i'm good enough right the bible says this this is what god says that we cannot do enough good to get god's favor Like, there is not enough good you can do in this world to tip your scale enough that God would say, Wow, you impressed me? Welcome to the club. Welcome to heaven. Because he says even the greatest things we do are still nothing. Enough to cover the sin that we cause and and the separation that we cause between us and God. It's not good enough. Sin breaks things. Sin separates. Sin kills. And when we sin, we create this big chasm between us and God. And there's not enough good in this world that you can do that will get you across that chasm. But here's the good news. God just didn't leave it that way where we're stuck and we're hopeless. He said, I'm going to come and I'm going to build a bridge that you can cross. But this bridge is going to require something. It's going to require you accepting Christ to be that bridge for you. You have to let this down. Like He still wants us to do good. God created us to do good. But we, be, we, don't, we don't keep doing good till we're like we're in the positive. We begin to do good because that's what God created us for in the first place and to represent God in a healthy way. And we will be rewarded for the good things we do. But he's saying, I'm giving you away. And and Christ, he bridges this chasm and invites us to do that. He gave his life as a sacrifice to pay our debt of sin so we can have a relationship with God. And the reason we do church is because we want to invite you to take God on that offer and say today, man, I want to accept Christ as my substitute, as my sacrifice, my way back to God. And he builds that bridge for us. You can never do enough good to earn God's favor, but God sent Jesus to do all the good that we could ever need. It's by grace that we're saved, the Bible says. It's all grace. It's a gift God gives But it takes us to humble ourselves and admit that we can't do our own. Admit that we've sinned, that we're sinners, and accept his sacrifice. So for you, some of you today, maybe you've never taken that step towards God. You've been living like this, like I'm just trying to accumulate enough good in my life so things will work out. And God is saying, Would you put those down? Keep doing good, but would you let me have help you on this journey? So maybe you're here today and you're in the negative and you want to move towards the positive. Some of you you are on this negative one, and today you're ready to make that decision. Would there be any reason you wouldn't want to ask Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and become the strength and power and guide in your life? Is there any reason? Is there a big enough reason that you would not be ready to take that step? Maybe you're too far negative, you're saying maybe not today, but maybe another day. That's fine. But if you're here today and you say, there is absolutely no reason to ask God into my life to become the strength and the power and the guide that I need in life. Like, I want that. I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to start that relationship, an introduction to God that loves you and cares for you. So as we close service, would you close your eyes and bow your head today? Just give, an op- just give a moment for those that are processing this and thinking through this. And just remember, there's not enough good you could ever do to earn God's favor. His son already did it all. And it's not about doing. It's about what's already been done. And He it extends that invitation of friendship to you. But it means you accept Christ in your life. You begin to follow his way. You accept God's grace and love. If you're here today and you're ready to take that step, I'm not going to make you get out of your seat. just going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right in your seat. But if you're here today and that's you, you're ready to take that step, would you raise your hand let me know you're here? Awesome. Awesome. I see the other hands. Anybody else? More opportunity? That's me. I'm ready to take that step. Awesome. For you that raised your hands, I'm going to lead you into prayer. It says, Prayer, just the Bible says, if we confess our sins, He forgives us. If we acknowledge that He died on that cross, and we're saved. We're going to just say a simple prayer, just inviting God, inviting relationship with God. So raise your hand and repeat this after me. if, If you're a Christian, would you join us in praying so they're not praying alone? Pray with me. Would you say, Father God, today I admit that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of the wrong I've done. I need your help. I believe that you died on that cross for me so today I accept your life in my place help me to live for you I believe you're alive today and I want to follow you I want to live for you help me to do that from this day forward I commit to follow your lead help me to do that